Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Critical Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Good, and thank you so much for joining me once again. And once again, on top of that, I'm solo, so you're going to have to deal with just me as I throw a whole bunch of information and news at you this week. So I hope you're ready. I hope you're excited because it's, it's going to be fun. So today I kind of want to talk about a few different things, uh, kind of to you know, start at the beginning, as it were. I'm going to dive into the Xbox and the PlayStation 5 events. I know PlayStation was a little while back, but Xbox just came up, and I kind of wanted to wait to talk about that, uh, to have a little bit of a you know point of comparison. But also later on, I will be talking and discussing Marvel's Avengers, their most uh, recent war table that just came out a few days ago. So uh, yeah, strap in for that. But uh, let's start with... The, the showcases, the events, as it were, basically the E3s that did not happen. Uh, let me just start here. I want to talk about Sony. Sony actually showed off a heck of a lot, and I just want to kind of ramble this stuff off. I'm pretty sure this is all the new stuff they showed. I could be wrong, so I'm sure someone will correct me if I am. Anyway, Sony decided to show off uh, quite a bit of things, and we'll start at the very beginning here. Uh, so we have Spider-Man Miles Morales, Grand Turismo 7, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Project Athea, Stray, Returnal, Sackboy Big Adventure, Kena Bridge of Spirits, or Kena, Oddworld, Soulstorm, Ghostwire Tokyo, Godfall, Solar Ash, Hitman 3, Astrobot, Little Devil Inside, NBA 2K21, Deathloop, Resident Evil Village, Pragmata, Horizon, Forbidden West, Grand Theft Auto 5 Enhanced, and of course, bug snacks. Now, not all those things are brand new, and there's some things that we knew in there, and some things from other, you know, franchises we have seen before. Uh, for anyone who watched along with me, they'll know that, like, my stream had some issues during the Ratchet and Clank portion, which I had to go back and kind of watch anyway, because I think there's kind of some compression issues. I'm excited about that game. I'm excited about Ratchet and Clank. I just don't know if it's the same excitement that I used to have for the franchise. I'm just happy that it exists anymore, though, because I thought Insomniac was going to kind of turn more into just kind of more, like just a Spider-Man company. Like they're just going to make Spider-Man games, which would have been totally fine. But with Miles Morales coming out, which I really suspect if it's coming this holiday, I really think it's going to be a $40 game in the same vein of like Uncharted Lost Legacy. I'm, you know, I just I have a feeling it's going to be like a 15 to 20 hour maybe campaign maybe i forget how long spider-man was uh, be, just because i kind of did everything in it so i'm not sure how long that main campaign is but i'm i'm guessing this is not going to be a full priced game just because it's not called spider-man 2 miles morales it's called spider-man miles morales and you get to play as the eponymous hero miles morales with uh, a few new abilities it kind of your invisibility and your kind of taser um the what's that like the sting ability that miles has but it looks like it'll be taking place in New York, maybe more so in the winter time, so put a little bit of nice snow on top of it. But Ratchet and Clank, I was happy to see it, even though I'm I'm kind of interested to see it as a technical showcase. Usually, when Ratchet and Clank comes like this at the beginning of a a new generation, that's kind of how it goes. They're kind of just like saying, "Hey, here's like you know a beloved franchise, and we like to push the boundaries of how good it looks and how everything runs." and they're showing that in the gameplay where your swing shot seems to be gone and in its place it's more of like a rift shot where you have these rifts that pop up and you can kind of shoot to them and it pulls you across an area and and it appears differently. I, I don't know exactly. It, it looks a little weird and I was kind of hoping that you would kind of teleport or like you would kind of go through one of these portals and it would put you on like a different planet altogether. I thought that would be kind of neat and maybe that'll happen later on because for me... The thing about Ratchet and Clank that I love the most, besides the characters and the story, 
the thing that's the most impressive to me are the weapons. I love the weapons and I'd rather have them focus more so on that than, you know, the world and kind of like trying out this new thing. Again, that's just me. I just love to blow stuff up in really cool ways. And I, I miss like the black hole gun, the Rift Ripper and some of those things. Maybe they'll be returning. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it's just Ratchet and Clank's had a weird trajectory over the years. And while I'm excited to see it, it it's not necessarily something for me that I would like. I need a PlayStation 5 like immediately to play it because I played so many. And uh, Ratchet and Clank will always hold a special place in my heart. But I'll probably pick it up once the PlayStation 5 comes out and I get it. A little bit cheaper. Anyway, uh, I just talked about a ton of different games there, and there's many on here I'm sure people are excited about. Uh, one that I did want to bring up really briefly was Godfall. That's a game that I'm looking forward to. It's kind of one of their system-y sellers. It's from the creators of Borderlands. It's the Gearbox people, and instead of, you know, shooting and getting more guns to shoot more people, this one it's going to be a looter slasher, and you get to fight and kind of third-person, um, kind of, you know, pretty close camera, it looks like combat that's pretty meaty, and you can play with up to three um, players, so you get two buddies in there, too. That looks really interesting to me. The only big issue I had with it, and I've maybe talked about this in the past, was the music choice they decided to put over top of it. I have no idea. It was it was really bad. It was completely different than what they've been marketing it as in the past, and it was like kind of like this weird like rap song or something and just felt very like kind of Fortnite-ish or something. It's like, oh, you don't need to do that. This is a cool looking game. It's beautiful. And I really appreciate what they were going for. But that just not a great showing for it, even though maybe that wasn't their choice. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, and then, um, you know, I do have to talk briefly about, oh my gosh, there's a few more things in here. Horizon Forbidden West. That looks great. It's Horizon. Kind of figured it was coming. It's funny with Horizon because I was so, so crazed and excited for that first game. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the best games that PlayStation 4 has uh, produced. But now seeing this, while I'm still excited and interested, you know, it, it it's, you know, it's a sequel, you know. And for me, I can't always expect there to be brand new IPs that always, you know, grip and grab me. But I wanted to see it played. Uh, which I'm, I feel like the cutscenes in that game are basically the gameplay. But I would like to see some of the quality of life improvements they've made and what they're changing up in this uh, go around. I'm really hopeful for some better melee and maybe some better climbing. That's just kind of me. And these are small kind of nitpicks and gripes. But uh, Horizon was such a big and daunting game that the story, while it was interesting to me, I don't really remember everything about it. That's just me though. I, I know so many people probably are like, oh no, it's really cool. And there's this and this and that. And it was just like, it was a lot to take in. It's a lot of different kind of factions to deal with. And I'm, I'm hopeful that it captures my attention or recaptures it again. And I would just, I know they probably will never do it, but I just want to do co-op mode and have a buddy help me bring down a thunder jaw. That would be so cool. Ah, it'd be neat anyway. Uh, but it looks great. It looks wonderful. And Ashley Birch is back. And she's wonderful, so I'm looking forward to it. And I know uh, one of our Legionnaires, Missile Mage, is probably just like, "Oh my gosh, Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West." Uh, yeah, I I think they I think they hit the ground running with the first game, and I'm interested to see what they do with the next one. I just want to see it in action. Really, not a great opening for PlayStation Five. Unfortunately, they showed the Rockstar logo, and as I've told many people, I thought they were going to show off Grand Theft Auto Six. It's just Grand Theft Auto Five Enhanced. 
why why you do this i it's so funny to me that like we still get these kind of weird instances <laughs> in even in digital events where you're like did anybody like look at this and vet it and say like ah either way that'll still make them tons of money so maybe that was kind of the point and the purpose rockstar's like yeah we'll let you do it but you gotta go first one game that still is just it's still eating away at me and i've joked about it a lot on the twitch streams but it's bug snacks and it's got such a catchy song i love it so much but also it's just such a weird world so basically it looks like kind of like a viva pinata type world and there are these little creatures running around but they're bugs but they look like snacks like strawberries or like a sub sandwich and if you eat them parts of your body turn into them i have a lot of questions and one day i hope to have them answered so bug snacks is on my radar overall we also saw the playstation 5 design itself it's coming in two different versions one with a disc tray and one without a disc drive i should say it looks kind of weirdish to me. It's got kind of an Apple design. I think it's it's supposed to be striking and interesting. And they showed it kind of in its standing up configuration. I'm not sure a lot of people will do that. I remember the last time I saw a lot of that was more so with the PlayStation 2, like the original chunky version. I think most people feel better with it laid down, which you totally can lay this one down as well. I think they probably should have shown that off a little bit too. And the controller... Looks like a PlayStation controller. Obviously, it, it's a little, it almost looks a little chunkier on the bottom. I don't know how it will feel. I want to, you know, that's the thing is I can like look at these things all day. These are superfluous though. You know, the feeling of the controller means more to me than the design of the console, but the games that they play and the feeling of those games supersedes all of that. And while they showed off a lot here, and uh, I know there'll be people who'll be like, oh my gosh, you, you know, you're not talking more about uh, like Ghostwire Tokyo looked really crazy or Resident Evil Village. Uh, you know, a game that I don't, I don't think I'd play <laughs> just because I'm not a Resident Evil guy. I'm just not. Uh, but yeah, nothing for me personally that is going to get me to, you know, pick up a PlayStation 5 day and date, uh, unless the channel starts doing really well and we've got the money for it. But uh, yeah, there's some interesting things coming down the line. And you have to remember too, that there are going to be sequels to a lot of these franchises like, you know, Horizon, we didn't necessarily get a date for, but like God of War 2 is coming, you know, it's, it's on its way. And I wouldn't be surprised to see something from Naughty Dog down the line after they've made the last of Us part two, it might be a completely new IP. Who knows? I really think though, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll have something coming out of there amongst the other studios that do work, um, for, for Sony right now. And I wouldn't, you know, Spider-Man two is on its way as well. So there's like games you kind of with these gaming console generations, it feels like more so than ever, you kind of buy them with the hope and the promise of the big games to come down the line. That's just my two cents. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Xbox, which is a little more recent and uh, we'll talk about the games they premiered and showed off kind of for the first time or showed or showed more of this time around. I'm not going to talk about all of them i'm just going to list off the kind of the bigger ones uh so obviously halo infinite for sure as dusk falls avowed forza motorsport uh of course uh the gunk fantasy star online 2 new genesis uh stalker 2 state of decay 3 tetris effect connected um warhammer 40,000, dark tide and fable those are the big ones for me Personally, I didn't obviously list as many here as were actually shown at the Xbox uh, event, but I wanted to talk about these ones more specifically. 
uh, and kind of get into the ones that I'm really excited about. Let's start with Halo. I think there is a an interesting frustration that I didn't realize was a part of the Halo community. So I didn't realize sprinting was such a big point of contention for Halo fans. And if you guys haven't um, heard about this, there is some there's one great video I really uh, I enjoyed that I, I watched about this, like a 15 minute video, basically saying that once they introduced sprinting in Halo, it had to change up the map design of all the multiplayer maps and also had to change up how the weapons fired because in the past the Covenant, the kind of evil aliens, had these laser weapons that took longer to kind of maybe charge up and fire and their projectiles would move slower. But now that everybody can run and you know have all this more mobility, that didn't make sense for those weapons. So now they're more what they call hit scan weapons or basically lasers. So they're like instantaneous. They're not like orbs of light that float like uh, in, in older, you know, generations of Halo games. I never really realized that. I have played through, I think, all of the mainline Halo games and played a bit of the multiplayer more so in 5 and again, and in 3 um, a bit. But uh, for me, I guess I was never that big of a Halo fan to understand that, and I feel bad for people that that's a frustration. I personally like being able to like the Spartan Charge or the Smashdown. That's fun for me because I like to have the feeling of a, of a Spartan. But I understand the frustration that everybody moves around like crazy now and it's really hard to get shots on them. It's kind of a little more akin to Titanfall or Titanfall 2. That It's like you see these people kind of running and jumping all over the place. You're like, oh, I'm just trying to shoot them. And that can be really hard. So I understand that frustration. However... I'm really looking forward to this. It looks very much like classic Halo. I know it's a little more stylized. It might not look as nice to some people uh, for the showing here, but I thought it looked cool. I thought it looked like really old school, like Halo 1 on the Halo, like fighting, you know, the uh, the Covenant, which is totally fine with me. I'm really interested to still see if there is a co-op component. Halo usually has it for their campaigns, and I'm really hoping to see that return. I wasn't sure if they were going to try and implement some sort of RPG system or some sort of inventory system for the open world for your character or for, you know, a co-op situation. Kind of a little more like Destiny. I have no idea. Uh, but it still looks interesting to me. Main big brute, you know, uh, bad guy. I guess it doesn't really matter because we'll take them out <laughs> either way. Uh, and I'm sure they're they're cramming a lot of time and money into this. And for 343, as someone else stated in another video, uh, they it was kind of, uh, it said it very poignantly. I feel bad. I can't remember who. It might have been the same person who did the, um, the sprinting video. Oh, gosh. Should I look that up? Should I look that up quick? I'm going to look it up really quick. I put my, um, I put my, uh... <laughs> my keyboard aside because I was like, I won't need it. Um, and uh, then of course I do need it right now because this is all great and I'm leaving it all in because I'm the best. I'm the best there's ever been. Like no one ever was. Catch them is my real test. To train them is my cause. Uh, this one came in from Chris Raygun. Yeah, um, make Halo great again. So that's the um, that's uh, that's kind of what that's what I'm going with here. Yeah, that's that's this is the video. I'm pretty sure. Yep, Chris Raygun, make Halo great again. It's a good video. It was interesting. The thing that um, I thought was so crazy about it, uh, you know, 
there's this there's this group out there who's been you know playing Halo for so long and uh, you know wants wants to recapture that magic that was in the original games, and I think games have to evolve. I think they have to change over time, but I still understand the frustration. The question is, will you be able to limit sprinting in Forge maps if you get to make your own thing? That's the real question. Um, so that way people could be happy all over, but the maps you wouldn't be able to change those. So. I don't know. I'm still interested in it. But what he said basically was that 343 Industries has the monumental task of not only making a new Halo, but also one that sells this new console. And I think that is a very, very tough and scary thing. So uh, here's hoping that Halo is good. I do want to talk a second. I think it's Avowed. Avowed. This is a game from Obsidian, uh, the people who have been making The Outer Worlds. I always want to say Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds. There we go. I know the difference. And I uh, have in the previously have I've worked on uh, Fallout New Vegas and things like that. And basically, it almost seems like an answer to Skyrim, kind of like saying like, hey, you know, we worked on a Fallout title in the past. And if you're not going to get a new uh, Skyrim or Elder Scrolls or anything like that, then we're going to make one ourselves, a first person, a fantasy RPG, a cinematic trailer. Not completely surprised on that, but... It sounds like from what um, Microsoft is saying, this is the game that they wanted to make and told Microsoft they wanted to make when they were bought up by them. And I think Microsoft sees this as an opportunity to not only kind of leverage their new studio in a fun and exciting way, but to make a brand new IP that is uh, synonymous with this new system and Microsoft as a brand. And I think that's smart. I think it's really intelligent. And I'm sure a lot of people are really excited about that because there's been people who've wanted more Elder Scrolls stuff and maybe aren't into Elder Scrolls online. And maybe that will scratch that itch. I hope it does for them. Not surprised to see Forza Motorsport here. Uh, <laughs> gorgeous looking, you know, it's just it's Forza. Uh, the gunk I thought was really interesting. I want to bring it up briefly. Uh, from the kind of the group, SteamWorld group, uh, it seems like kind of like this third person-y shooter type game uh, that you can kind of like rip through areas and levels by like sucking up this gunk and stuff. I was like, oh, it looked, it was interesting. I was like, this is striking. This is cool. Good for them. I was honestly surprised to see State of Decay 3 announced. Again, another cinematic, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of nowadays just because it feels like I've been lied to. No, it just feels like... And not that it's disingenuous, it's just, it's trying to sell me on a concept for a thing, but we kind of saw um, a young woman in the forest who got, who got spooked or was spooking uh, a zombie deer. And after the kind of issues and kind of frustrations that I even personally had a little bit with State of Decay 2, I wasn't like, oh yes, State of Decay 3, I was like, okay, like, you know, that's, that's great, that's fine, uh, you know, good, good, good for them. Uh, I do want to talk about these last two, though. Two that I'm pretty excited about. Let's start with Fable. I think everybody knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And I was like, oh, we got to see this. I want to see this. And finally, finally, we at least got a cinematic. Again, not showing the game. I wish we could have seen the game. But uh, kind of saying, hey, you know what? We've got our own you know, uh, big kind of fantasy RPG over here at Microsoft. We have a franchise that people know and love and are frustrated with. I think some of the greatest and biggest fans of Fable, the defenders of it, would even say they're like, yeah, it's got some problems. But I am hopeful for the future of this game, and I'm interested to see it modernized. As someone who played through Fables 1, 2, and 3 way back in the day, and kind of uh, played 3 back in college now, which is like 10 years ago, 
I'm really hopeful that we, you know, get a lot of updates and a lot of changes. And because it's not being made by the studio Lionhead, who I believe shuttered a while ago, it doesn't have to uh, necessarily conform to the old ways of Fable. It can take that idea, the, the kind of fun pluckiness, which you get in the cinematic, which is classic Fable with this kind of frog shooting a tongue out and, you know, eating a fairy. That's very like, oh, that's a Fable thing. But I'm really, really excited and hopeful that they make something that is, I don't want to say it's analogous to God of War because God of War is its own totally different thing, but I would love to see a third person action fantasy game from Microsoft that people are like, whoa, that's only on Microsoft or and PC, you know, or Xbox and PC and uh, really utilizes the new hardware, but, you know, maybe takes the combat in a new direction and either you know kind of builds on the systems that had in the past or uses completely new ones which would be totally fine because i think in the old fable games there was a lot of ideas that didn't really jump out the same way that maybe the developers wanted them to but i am interested and uh, as a guy who wanted you know the that fable like 4v1 game to exist i think i might have even tried it um and their fables had such a weird weird kind of uh past ever since fable 3 i just hope you know with just calling it fable just coming back fable i think that's wonderful and i'm really hopeful for it i just i'm a hopeful guy can you tell that i'm i'm just i'm hopeful uh and the other one that i want to talk about another cinematic unfortunately which is frustrating there's a lot of cinematics in both of these uh the only one of the only games i think and I'll, I'll probably get butchered for this. Uh, I think Gran Turismo 7 for Sony showed off like 30 seconds of unedited gameplay. And I give you respect for that. Uh, while some of the other ones showed cinematics, another one showed like a trailer of gameplay, kind of. I wanted to see more of the actual games. However, Warhammer 40k or 40,000 Dark Tide. I am excited about this game. Here's why. I really enjoyed Vermintide and Vermintide 2 from Fat Shark, and the fact that they're working on this in a time when Back for Blood by Turtle Rock um, is kind of like a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead 3, taking that idea and concept that they've used in Vermintide as kind of almost Left 4 Deadian, uh, but with melee weapons and kind of fantasy and magic and guns and stuff, a few guns. I love that Victor Saltspire, man. Witch Doctor used the... Or Witch Hunter, my bad. Not Witch Doctor. That's <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, Diablo. Um, but uh, the Witch Hunter with his pistols, he just shoots and drops them. But uh, I love the idea of getting to see more of the 40K universe and jumping, you know, way, way, way into the future and having to fight a bunch of these... Again, they're zombies, kind of chaos zombies, I think. I am very not well-versed at all with Warhammer stuff, even though I love the Dawn of War franchise and Warhammer 40k Space Marine and, and other Vermintide stuff. But I love how this kind of universe transcends the fantasy and sci-fi stuff, and I, I'm excited to get into the sci-fi because I think the level of depth they've had in uh, Vermintide and Vermintide 2, especially with each character having like multiple different kind of um, specifications to get into. I want to see them do that with future stuff like that, future kind of classes and armaments and guns and maybe, uh, you know, kind of tackling that idea of what Left 4 Dead has done again, but in the future in science-y uh, or sci-fi, I should say, which is cool to me because as much as I really enjoy playing Vermintide and I did, I, I did crave sometimes not having to engage always um 
you know, in, in melee combat. I love the melee combat. It's good, but uh, sometimes it, you can just kind of get caught up on people. And when you're in first person, sometimes you get hit in the back and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to turn around. And that can be frustrating for me. So uh, yeah, I'm really, really interested in this. And I know some people who are as well. And I'm really excited about it because I really want to play this game with other people and I hope there is a little bit of that horror aspect because I'll, I'll indulge in horror stuff if there are people to play with. <laughs> like, guys, get out of here! Um, so, uh, and I remember Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 being such fun, fun times in my youth. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that game and I'm just kind of picturing Vermintide in the future, but with guns. And that really excites me. Uh, again, Vermintide and Vermintide 2 do have a few guns, or someone would be like, Jimmy just plays the elf. Well, no, I don't want to play as the elf. I want to play as the witch hunter, all right? Or the, the bright wizard, who I'm horrible with because I'm always overheating. But yeah, anyway, I'm really looking forward to that game. I think it's going to be cool, and I'm excited about it. Again, I wish I could have seen it, but hey, that's what you, can, that's what you have to do. It's okay. But there you go. Uh, between the two, you know, again, I'm just kind of loosely comparing them um oh i didn't even talk about the xbox series x kind of like the little i like the little design of it it looks like a little kind of hard drive almost but i'm sure it's bigger than what it looks like for me i feel like it's like only like six inches tall but or like you know a foot tall it might be bigger i don't know but uh i'm i don't know all the exact dimensions on it but it sounds like they might be also launching two versions of that with a disc and without a disc drive i think i like the look of that one more than the playstation 5 but they're so desperately different and again, I just, the games, the games are what mean the most to me. And because I'm a guy who typically tends towards, um, well, actually, I kind of love everything. I love single player, but, uh, you know, when a new console comes out, I, it's more fun to gravitate towards the ones that have more opportunities to play or games I think my friends would consistently play. And right now, that's, you know, probably Microsoft. And again, I've had my Xbox One for so long and used it as my kind of one-stop entertainment source shop for so many so many years now and it's treated me so well that i'm i'm okay holding off on the sony stuff that's for me personally i know other people probably flipped on that and people don't necessarily get excited about a new halo and for me i, I just know gears 6 is on the horizon and uh i just i always i love gears and i always love to be there um even if it's not day one for gears i like to go back and experience it for anyone who's watched twitch i've i've played through all six of the mainline games <laughs> again recently so it's kind of like ah but uh yeah i'm really hopeful i think microsoft and sony have both had decent showings for me but again they they kind of failed to show me if I was a brand new consumer, uh, they failed to show a lot of actual gameplay, pure gameplay, to get me excited. And uh, I kind of miss that. I miss that being at E3, kind of a longer gameplay demos and stuff. And I'm probably forgetting a few. I'm so sorry. Uh, but at the same time, that's just that's what sells me on games. Cinematics don't really work on me anymore, <sighs> unfortunately. Even though they're so beautiful, I love them. But still, anyway. Let's move on to Marvel's Avengers and their war table. I don't think I'll probably do like a full news thing on this every time it comes out, unless it's pretty substantial, like this one was. And we're talking about the beta. So for people who are kind of confused or interested to know how the beta is going to work, it basically shakes out like this. If you pre-order the game and you have a PlayStation 4, you can start the beta on August 7th. If you pre-order the game on Xbox and PC, you can try it out on August 14th and then they will do an open beta for everyone on August 21st. What comes in the beta, you may ask? Well, don't worry, because I wrote it all down. 
Uh, you get to try the Golden Gate Bridge demo that we've seen a few different times. You get two Hulk slash Camilla or is it Camilla? Camilla Khan? Camilla Khan missions uh, that are kind of like uh, like the single player ones within the game. To my understanding, you get four playable heroes in everything else, though. So you get to choose from Iron Man, Hulk, Black Widow, and Camilla Khan again. So you get three different types of missions. This is where it gets a little confusing, so try to stay with me here, because I'm still trying to learn it myself. Uh, you get harm rooms, war zones, and drop zones. The harm rooms are... I shouldn't even try that acronym. Basically, they're like danger rooms where you get to try out different heroes. There's a little tutorial mission with each hero. You can try them out over there, and then you can play it with friends, and there are varying levels of difficulties and challenges. And there's, a, I think they said there's like three harm missions you can try out in there to work with your buddies. And I kind of like these rooms because they strip away all of the detail of the world, and they kind of it's like Street Fighter when you're trying to learn the game. You get to just see your character and the bad guys, and just be like, all right, cool, this is like, I get to see the animations and get a feel for it, and it's not like this beautiful world is also closing in on me, or just like, oh no, this is just, I get to try out Iron Man, and I want to use my um, repulsors, and kind of be like, all right, this is the combo I like, this combo's not so great, or I don't like it as much as this one, and I really enjoy that, I think that's great. War Zones and Drop Zones, sounds like two of the bigger, more main kind of things you can do as groups. This is the one where you can play with up to three buddies, so four players going into these things. Or you can play them single player and you can have and you bring your three AI companions that are actually your characters. And what do I mean by that? It's basically like if you level up Hulk in a certain way and then you play as Iron Man in those missions and Hulk comes with you, he's gonna be that Hulk. He's gonna have those abilities you've given him and also those aesthetic accoutrements with him as well. So if you want the Mr. Fix-It Hulk with you, then he's going to look like that, you know, even if you're not playing as him. I'm not exactly sure if you're playing single player, if you get to flip on the, or switch on the fly, you know, flip them, you know, switch, 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 but uh, that would be kind of neat. However, uh, those, those are kind of the big, the war zones of the big missions where you kind of get to go in with a big group of people and accomplish, it sounds like a few different tasks in these kind of bigger open areas. Drop zones, however, uh, and these are probably all really analogous to, like Destiny stuff, like Death Strikes and things. Uh, drop zones, however, are smaller missions. It sounds like they can take, um, they have kind of a single focus, and they think, I think they said drop zones can take anywhere from like 10 minutes to two hours or something like that in there. They said the drop zones are much, much faster though than war zones. So maybe it's the kind of the war zone drop zones. Like you can do a drop zones 10 minutes and war zones two hours. But Drop zones are just kind of like go in, they want you to do one specific thing and then get out. I think that's kind of the dailies. I think those will be like, hey, complete like three drop zones and you play for a half hour and you're done for that day. That's how they're going to get people to kind of keep coming back. Uh, along with that, uh, it's show they're showing off, they showed off like the Hulkbuster, which is pretty cool, uh, which will be usable, I believe, in the actual beta itself as well. So that's all the beta stuff, uh, kind of a sizable chunk. They said over 20 different playable missions, and I'm not sure if that means playing through, you know, multiple times with different characters on these, on the missions, like with the Hulk and Camilla Khan stuff, if you play those, you know, once each with Hulk and then once each with Camilla, does that count as four or is there more than that? I think there might be, you know, for like the war zones and the drop zones and all of that along with the harm missions. But uh, yeah, I think it's a decent beta it seems like a chunky bit of the beta and they even tease things about 
um, hive mines or hive things like that. And then um, like boss dungeons too, which are kind of just another layer on top of like the semantics that are the jargon. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much. Like, I just wish someone would come on. They'd be like, all right, so like this is the quick one. This is the, this is the moderate time one. This is the long one. This is the super long one. This is the raid. I'm guessing those boss layers or whatever they're called, those will be kind of more the raid type things where you kind of fight through major stuff and then eventually get to a boss. Uh, they also teased kind of some other modes that they haven't talked about yet. I don't know. Those could be, uh, it could be a lot of different things. I don't know if they're going to ever add a PVP mode. Maybe uh, I would imagine balancing for that would be very difficult. So hopefully they won't try to do that because <laughs> I could just imagine the frustration. But uh, yeah, I'm, I don't even know spitballing like what that could possibly be. It, it could be, uh, gosh, I don't even know. Um, maybe hyper specific things break the targets. That's what it is. It's Super Smash Brothers break the targets. No, <laughs> uh, you know it might be um, smaller kind of tricked out versions of things where it's like you take the boss layer and you just like shrink it way down to the you know the boss and another two rooms and you turn that into a different mode and you, or you just have a literal boss rush mode where you just fight every boss in the game. I could totally see that where it's just called like the masters of evil fight all the bosses, you know, I'd be like, all right, I got to fight abomination and I got to fight enchantress and I got to fight, you know, Zemo and all that stuff, uh, which would be pretty dope. That'd be pretty cool. I would really love that if it was four V four though, not like PVP, but like PVE and you have to fight the masters of evil and you each had to take one. Oh, that'd be sick. Uh, they also stated that abomination was going to be in the beta as well. And he was going to take or quote, take all of your, Lessons you learned prior to defeat or something like that. Uh, which I also love that they got the... I feel like they got the scale for Hulk and Abomination correctly. Because, like, Hulk is a bit smaller than Abomination. Abomination's even a bigger, brutish guy. And he has all that military training. He's so scary. Uh, they also announced that Hawkeye would be in the game. He'd be coming post-launch as their first free character. Which... I'm not completely surprised about. I'm glad he's in there. I was kind of worried he wouldn't be. They even kind of teased him before in uh, like one of the little story beats for the the game they were showing off on the cinematics. Kamala Khan was looking at like an original Avengers poster and or a picture of them all. And he was down there with his little kind of um, bullseye shirt. And I was like, oh, cool. So I'm interested to see how Hawkeye plays. I'm sure he'll be a lot of fun. And I'm, I really think that even though I Black Widow wouldn't be my first choice, I'm sure she'll be really fun to play. I'm sure they'll all be really fun to play. However, all I want to play is like Iron Man and Hulk <laughs> right now. Really, that's all I want to play. Like Captain America for sure too, but Iron Man and Hulk, uh, really. And I think Iron Man lends himself, as I've told other people, super well to a game like this that not only has this kind of gear upgrade system, which they showed off a little bit more, but also these multiple skill trees where it's kind of like, oh, do you want to make your Iron Man more melee focused where I make mine more ranged focused or support or whatever? It looked like there's at least three or four skill trees that you could choose from. And they were saying something like you only get access to like the first page of these skill trees. I might be wrong on that because these things might be really deep. I don't know. Or they might just say, hey, you know what? You only get access to the ranged version of Iron Man for this beta. I'm not sure. I think either way, they've tried to make it really deep uh, as far as that customization goes and to make you want to level up all of your characters and make, you know, your Thor different than my Thor, which I think is great because I, I wouldn't, I'm sure there'll be metas that kind of, you know, rise to the surface where, you know, one version of Hulk is better than another version. But I think uh, being able to differentiate them, not only aesthetically or with gear, 
but also just their skill set is really a cool thing. I just don't know how you do skills and stuff. I, I wonder if it's just like you get different pants with Hulk or like whatever. I don't know the gear you put on him. I don't know what that's going to be. I'm sure that was a challenge for them as well. But I'm looking forward to it. And again, I'm looking forward to Hawkeye. I'm glad he's going to be in the game. So many people are like, where's Hawkeye? Where's Hawkeye? Where's Hawkeye? They even joke about it in the uh, war table, which I suggest you guys all watch. But uh, the fact that they brought him up, I should have known like, oh, yeah, that's clearly they're going to bring him up. I really uh, think, too, looking forward for the future, we are going to see Black Panther next, Doctor Strange for sure. Uh, and I don't, Scarlet Witch eventually, but I don't think she'll be right after that. I think Ant-Man. I think those are the next three we're going to see. I think Ant-Man, Ant-Man might be first just because he's kind of in the game. They've teased him. Uh, but because of Camilla Khan being there and she's kind of got Mr. Fantastic powers plus kind of giant man powers, she can kind of grow up really tall and then like crush people. Uh, I don't know if the want for Ant-Man will be there right away, but I really think Black Panther and Doctor Strange are on their way. It's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. But the real question is, when's Ghost Rider going to be in there? Somebody had an idea for a wish list where I talk about my like my top three that I want to see in there eventually. I might just do that. Who knows? Anyway, I'm looking forward to this. I think it had a better showing, or a lot of people have said it's had a better showing. For me, it's just showing off more of the stuff that I enjoyed in the past. I know some people might still have problems with how some of the characters look. I think, you know, especially with Hawkeye, they took a direction and they went with it, and you can change how they look with the costumes, the crazy costumes and stuff. And it's not really going to be that big of a deal. The big question is, how much of that can I work into the cutscenes? Can I get Mr. Fix-It Hulk in the cutscenes? Because that would be really weird. Uh, it probably take away a lot of the dramatic tension. Uh, this banner just comes out of it and he's just this gigantic suit. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. And also, I just want the War Machine armor with Iron Man. Oh my gosh. Even if the minigun doesn't work, I just I want it. I want it so bad. Anywho... Uh, but that was Marvel's Avengers, the secondary war table. Again, this we'll be talking about this. I will be talking about this a ton once we get into August here a little bit. And uh, yeah, I'll be hopping in. I think I'll be hopping in on Xbox just because I have a lot more friends who will be on Xbox. Otherwise, I would think about getting on PlayStation. But I want to play this with a group of people. And I'm really hoping I can get a few people to join me. Join me, Legionnaires. Uh, yeah, hit me up on, on Xbox at Moist Dark Wolf. Yeah, that's right. It's a weird name. I don't know why I chose it when I was younger. I just did, okay? It was one of two options. I wanted Dark Wolf, and it was either Moist Dark Wolf or something else. And the option, the first option was worse or something, or the second option was worse. I don't know. Anyway, 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 I digress. But that was Marvel's Avengers. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, trying it out and playing a ton of Iron Man and Hulk because those are the ones that are most exciting to me. I think I'll try all of them out, though, just, you know, for uh, for journalistic integrity because that's what I'm about here. No, uh, just so I could say I've tried them all, but I'm I'm really looking forward to Iron Man. Oh goodness, the lasers and the missiles. Oh my gosh, and the Hulk just smashing stuff. I just haven't gotten to play a good Hulk game since Ultimate Destruction. Yeah, and I'm not counting the Lego ones. Lego ones are good too, but like a Hulk game, like ugh, Hulk, my boy. Anyway, I even played the movie tie-in. Okay, that's the Hulk like Eric Bana one. That's a whole other. That was a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start to wind down the show here with a segment that I like to call Time Killers. That's right. It's time for Time Killers. It's the games I've been playing, the movies I've been watching, the TV shows I've been viewing. Time Killers, Time Killers, Time Killers. You know, uh, without realizing it, I watched both Bumblebee and On the Edge of Seventeen, I believe it's called, uh, which is a Netflix original, and... I'll be honest with you guys, I forgot um, that she was in this, but 
in she was in True Grit a long time ago. But Haley Steinfeld, she's really good. She's good in both of those. I didn't realize it was going to be a Haley Steinfeld week, but it just turned out that way. Both those movies I watched were actually good. And I think Bumblebee might just be the best Transformers movie. It really brings it back to basics and shrinks it down. And uh, I really appreciated that. And I was like, okay, it doesn't have to be like too verbose or too crazy. Like it was just like, okay, it's just like a nice story, you know? And it was also set in the eighties, but they didn't play it up too much, which I appreciated. Cause I feel like sometimes when you get set in a time period, especially like the eighties right now, there's just, it's just like, it's, it's eighties constantly. You can't forget it's the eighties. So uh, I appreciated that. But the edge of 17 was also really good. It's on Netflix. Uh, came out in 2016, I believe. So a few years ago, really great, great performances. And uh, Woody Harrelson, does a great job as this kind of her teacher because uh, she's this kind of a troubled student who's, uh, you know, spoiler alerts for this movie, but her best friend starts dating her brother and it just kind of ruins her life. Um, and yeah, she plays really well. The best friend I liked, uh, I feel like she kind of, one thing I would love to have seen is maybe more like at least a quarter or maybe a third of the film, their relationship and then kind of it breaking apart because that's kind of the big, one of the biggest points of this film. Uh, and I would have liked to have that be more of a, a sticking point as opposed to just kind of happening. And then they're just kind of not friends anymore. And it's just kind of like, eh, I don't, like I didn't really feel that as much, but ironically in both these films, uh, she kind of deals with the, the loss of her father and how that reverberates throughout time. I don't. I haven't seen a ton of her movies. I don't know if that's just like a running theme, or just she just happened to be in two movies like that that I watched pretty closely back to back. But I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. That's fun. Um, well, not fun. I mean, it's just like a it's just like a fun correlation, but it's like a sad thing in a movie. But uh, yeah, they play it up a little bit more in this movie versus Bumblebee because you actually get to see her relationship with her dad and how cool he is and how that doesn't um, you know doesn't work out super well in the end, unfortunately. But anyway, that's what I've been watching. It's super fun, right? I've also been watching uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Avengers over on, uh, I should say, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes over on Disney+. Plus. Great show. I love it. The animation is wonderful. It's bright. It's colorful. And it just mixes all the stuff in every episode. You, they could go anywhere in any episode. It starts one place and goes completely opposite and uh, just mixes in all the characters and uh, from like Marvel. And it's just so great. Lots of little call outs like on a newspaper. They'll be like, oh, like secret school for mutants discovered question mark or something like that. It's like, oh, you know, nod to the X-Men. It's great. But everybody should check out that show. It's the best Avengers show out there. It's really good. Just check it out. Just please watch it. Watch it for me. I've been playing a bit more of Ghosts of Tsushima, though, which has been so much fun. I love it. I just want to keep playing it, but I shouldn't. I should take my time. It's hard. I need to finish it. Uh, but I just moved on from act one to act two. And I've gotten really attached to a lot of the um, uh, secondary cast or just like the cast in general, the secondary players, I should say, who in most games you get to you get to have a few missions with and they kind of, you know, they'll help you. But this one is like, hey, this is a, a full story. Some of it's kind of optional, but I like learning more about them. And when they fight with me because of me helping them in the past, they're just, it feels more natural than it does in other games. And I like how that's a continuing through line throughout the game because they're um, like Lady Masako and uh, <laughs> Sensei Ishikawa, my archer sensei, and um, 
uh Riozo and oh man there's it's like there's just there's a lot going on there it's it's there's a little more complexity which is great and uh, I highly recommend um you guys check that game out and I'm sure that's just going to be like the review will be like I rec- recommend you play it go play it <laughs> it's great um and I finished up Gears 5 which uh shout out to Chris for playing with me through Gears 5 Gears 4 and Gears Judgment and as much as I love Gears of War, I'm kind of happy that like I got through it, you know, this summer again, just to kind of go back. And I beat Gears Tactics, so I'm just I'm I'm gearsed out for a little bit. But that's good because Gears, I I always love Gears. I love going back to it and uh, just seeing all the differences throughout the games. For me, it's a lot of like seeing those different ammo counts, like maximum ammo counts for the Lancer, or how's the hammer burst fire in this game? It's different. Okay, like <laughs> it's little nuances like that, or wishing that they had a scorcher in every game. They should. There's nothing I can do about that. Okay, anyway, uh, Gear 6, I'm coming for you, though. I'm going to be in that game. It's going to be great. Anywho, uh, i like to move on to the final segment of the show, my personal favorite segment of the show, community feedback and questions. Oh, yeah, we got some good ones. So I asked our lovely Legionnaires to just kind of write in about their, their thoughts on some of the stuff I talked about today, like the Avengers stuff, the PlayStation, the Xbox. And... I, t- <laughs> I told uh, I told them to write to their heart's content, and Missile Mage never disappoints. Settle in, everybody. He said, uh, my feelings on the Xbox and Sony showcases is that Sony was showing off why you should buy a PlayStation 5, whereas Xbox were showing off why you should subscribe to Games Pass, which I kind of neglected to mention that, but pretty much all the games that Xbox talked about will be on Games Pass. That's just from me. Now back to Missile. I'm going to concentrate on my issues I had with Xbox. All the games that actually had gameplay, or at least some sort of in-engine footage, were games that were either already released or we already knew about. Don't get me wrong, in normal years, Destiny 2, Tetris Effect, Ori, Outer Worlds, and Fantasy Star 2 updates are great, but this is the time when everyone is looking to be sold on next-gen, and there's just nothing to grab onto. I'm sure Everwild, Avowed, Forza, Fable, Hellblade will all be fantastic next-gen games, but collectively they showed basically nothing at all. There was a couple of cool things, Psychonauts 2, The Medium, and Stalker 2 all looked like they could be great, and there were a couple of others in there as well. I don't even think Halo looked that bad. And don't get me wrong, everything being on Games Pass is an amazing deal, but this was supposed to be their big showcase to sell you on Series X, and instead they sold you on an Xbox One. It's not even as if Sony knocked it out of the park either, but the uh, but the only games they showed that I essentially know nothing about is Pragmata and Project Athea, and I nearly forgot about NBA 2K21. Everything else had some form of gameplay or in-engine gameplay. You know what the games are. Horizon, Spider-Man, Ratchet & Clank, Hitman, Resident Evil, Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo, Demon's Souls, Returnal, all these games to varying degrees sold the, PC, the PS5, even if only about three of them appeal to me hint it's the first three and i'm not saying they all showed off great who even knows what they were thinking with that godfall trailer music and there were plenty of smaller games that don't exactly sell you on why you need to get a next-gen console but the majority of them showed off really well with kena bridge of spirits being a particular highlight for me and if some of the other games that look next-gen push you towards getting one being able to play the smaller games on a better console when the games launch is just an extra incentive However, my biggest point is that none of this really matters in the end. The PlayStation 5 is going to have bug snacks, and we all know that is the real winner in all of this. 
I love it. I, Missile, he makes a, he makes a good point because Missile is a self-proclaimed um, big fan of Sony, and I totally understand that viewpoint. And I, you know, it's hard for me to uh, to deny what he's saying there because that that definitely makes that makes sense. Uh, I again, I wonder if it's we all have I think different hopes and desires for these showcases. And he makes a really great point about them selling you on Games Pass. And maybe that's the future that Microsoft foresees where, you know, they get you closer and closer to getting these Xbox consoles and that are closer to kind of like PCs built um, that you pay less for than if you had to build it that same version yourself. But getting you to hop on to Games Pass and to keep Games Pass forever because games take longer to beat than watching movies do. So if you watch Netflix for a couple months and get through all the movies you want to watch or the shows you want to watch, you can just be like, ah, I'm done with it. So I totally understand what he's saying there. Uh, but thank you for writing in, Missile. That's a extensive, uh, you know, recount. And I appreciate it a lot. And again, bug snacks is all that matters because it's kind of bug and kind of snack. Uh, so that's, that's all that matters, right? Anyway, thank you for writing in, Missile. I love when you write in. Thank you. And anybody, please, everybody, I love when you write in. So good. Uh, this one comes in from the JSTROM. He says, what is the Critical Reviews Avengers Guild going to be called? Probably the Legion or Critical Reviews. Might be really boring. I'm sorry. Unless we have some other crazy cool names. Send them in. I'd love to hear. Uh, this one comes in from Rekka. He just says, what are your favorite enemy designs in video games? Could be regular enemies or boss designs. Whoa. Oh, that's a good question. I was trying to think about that. I really love... And this kind of going back, harkening back to Gears, one of the reasons I love that franchise so much is I just, I love how the corpsters look. I love how original locusts look. I love how Brumach looks. I enjoy how the Swarm, uh, the Swarm try to crib from it, kind of, with like the Juvies and stuff, but like the wretches are like iconic to me. And uh, yeah, I just, I love, I love the look of those guys, you know? Uh, they look so sweet. I think some of the original God of War, like the Minotaur boss is pretty sick. Uh, as far as looks go and just for scale some of the like the titans you get in like final fantasy 15 some of that stuff looks so cool to me uh i feel like i'm gonna forget something here and i'm gonna be like why didn't i say this uh and i was like you gotta be kidding me but uh just glancing over my games here too i think the darksiders enemies look really good i'm obviously uh, I'm a self-proclaimed big darksiders fan but the angels, I think, look really sweet. I think some of the demons look cool. I love how um, Samael, oh my god, Samael is one of the coolest looking bosses in the world. But the major demons in Darksiders have like their wings flipped upside down. And I think that's such a fun design aspect to them. And it just tells you a lot about them. So uh, props to my boy, Samael. Looks freaking sick. Uh, yeah, those are probably the ones that come to mind right away. Uh, and some of the Gen 1 Pokemon, because they're, they're enemies, right? Some of those designs, man. I just love them. And Gen 2 and Gen 3. Yes, I know. People can be like, you like Gen 1? No, it's not true. I like other things. I like other things. Um, and the classic Covenant. You know, the Halo enemies, they are... You can just see a grunt standing next to an elite, standing next to a hunter or a brute, and you just know right away what all those are and the threat levels they actually give you almost in how tall they are <laughs> and i really i like that a lot but the the classic elite design is just man it's it's wonderful it's really cool yeah that's pretty good uh which i i think that's really cool um this one comes in from machine and soul my buddy chris 
My question about the Xbox Showcase. Does it matter that Microsoft pushed games past subscriptions instead of their new hardware? Won't the same people who always upgrade immediately still upgrade? Do you think this will change the playing field and push Sony and Microsoft further apart so they are doing their own unique things like Nintendo? Will that damage creativity, etc. if they aren't competing in the same way anymore? So let's do the first one. Won't the same people who always upgrade immediately still upgrade? I think so. Uh, for the most part, you'll probably still see the people who want to go right, or the people who are just chomping at the bit who might not have the the funds to build that PC the way they want to and just buy that just so they can be like, hey, you know, I want to play Cyberpunk 2077 and I want to play the, the best looking version of that game. I want it to look the best, feel the best, play the best. And that's hopefully what you're going to get with these next gen consoles, right? Like that's the hope. So I still think you're going to get the people who are who are day one and they have like their loyalties and they're like, you know, I've been, I've been buying new Xbox every time it comes out, you know, right away. Uh, and you'll have the people who are like, I've been buying PlayStation every time. I don't know if either of these showcases really swayed people to my knowledge, swayed people away from the, like the consoles they've been like loyal to for a long time. I would be interested to know. And if that's the case and you're out there, please let me know. I'd love to hear if you're like, yeah, dude, it totally changed my mind. I'm getting a PlayStation five. No doubt. I want to know. Uh, my question for the PlayStation 5, does it come in black? Does anybody ask that yet? It probably does. I probably didn't. I probably missed it. Uh, do you think this will change the playing field and push Sony and Microsoft further apart so they are doing their own unique things like Nintendo? Potentially. I still think that uh, Microsoft is trying to look towards the future and kind of see and do things in a new way. And Games Pass is kind of at the forefront of that now. However... I don't know if they'll be as different because I think they're still going to be competing for the exclusivity of the cross-platform stuff to like come first to their console or, or whatever else. And because their, uh, their specs always seem to be, as far as hardware goes, a bit more comparable than Nintendo can be to them. Nintendo kind of, you know, optimizing for very, very unique... Um, first person or not first person first party titles and having the ability to take your console pretty much anywhere at any time whereas i think xbox and and playstation want to be sitting in your living room forever and ever you know <laughs> that's the thought and i wonder if it's more so that we'll see like xbox people talked about this with like series x where it'll start to be like you don't buy a new console you just start changing up parts as they go along, whereas I don't know if PlayStation has that same ability yet, and I'm not saying the Series X does, but uh, I could see Microsoft doing that eventually, where it's kind of like your own mini PC, and instead of, you know, every 10 years buying a new, or 8 years buying a new console, they're like, hey, we're releasing a new, you know, graphics card, or, or whatever else, or they're making it so you can plug that in and play. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see how that goes, though, but I still think those two will really compete and then will, will that damage creativity if they aren't competing in the same way anymore? I could see where that's a fear, Chris. I could totally see, or, or Machine Soul, where that is a, a concern in the future. But at the same time, I still think those two are going to kind of be fighting for that top spot, uh, even if they're doing kind of different things. And I think uh, one of those ways that Microsoft is trying to kind of um, supplant Sony is by kind of trying to work with Nintendo a lot, which is a really interesting prospect. So I don't know. Uh, I, I obviously still want there to be that competition. As I always say, the competition, we win in the console war or whatever. Like we all win because they have to, you know, they're fighting and they're trying to make better things and top each other all the time. 
And that's great as a consumer. And I hope we always have that where there's at least two big companies kind of duking it out. And not that Nintendo isn't part of this. Nintendo totally is. It's just that they're kind of, they're doing things in their own way, in their own pace. And I respect them for that. But yeah, um, I think because we're still seeing Microsoft try to push for really, really good hardware, like a little bit like better than what Sony is putting out right now and trying so hard to get first party things that excite people. Uh, I think that Games Pass, while such a good deal, still won't be a thing that is like a complete selling point for people. I think people will be like, that's so cool that I have that, but I don't know. I wonder if maybe the numbers are so good and I, do, I just haven't seen them on Games Pass. Like maybe they haven't released all that stuff, but uh, I just don't think that's something that... I guess that's just for me. I, I don't think it would be something that would compel me to just have it forever. I kind of like having a game and not worrying about like, oh, do I still have that subscription so I can play that game? Okay, like <laughs> I still, I still like having my copies of the games, if not physically, then digitally, which I'm I'm fine with. But uh, I like having it so I can just revisit it anytime. But yeah, I think uh, the real question is, it comes down to price. A lot of it's going to come down to price, and with the discless versions being fifty or a hundred dollars cheaper potentially than their uh, disc reading counterparts. I think we're going to see something really interesting because we still haven't gotten an official date or price for either of these things yet. And I think they're both kind of looking at each other, waiting for the other to blink. So that way they can undercut the other one by $50, $25, whatever it's going to be. So yeah, interesting times. This holiday season is going to be really weird compared to what we have seen in the past just because of this new console generation, but how it's shifted and because of how the world is right now. Uh, You know, it's, man, it's going to be fascinating to watch and you know i'm gonna be there i might get a series x early on uh you know money money pending but um yeah just because i that's where most of my friends play and that's that's the big thing for me but i will still you know eventually get a playstation 5 because i do want to play horizon forbidden west i want to play god of war 2 you know i'd like to try godfall uh and spider-man 2 i'm sure it'll be great spider-man miles Morales will be great but i still haven't played uncharted 4 or lost legacies so there you go uh (laughs) yeah but uh there's that's kind of the uh the news as it were Uh, i appreciate you guys hanging out with me i know it's another solo show i apologize for that but i hope you still had fun listening to me yammer on for you know 58 minutes uh, <laughs> I thought about doing this as like a news show where I'd like have the music and I'd have like the papers and the suit and stuff. It's like, oh man, this I'll be done with it in like five minutes. But I appreciate you guys being here. If you guys ever have a topic or a podcast question for me, all you have to do is tweet the hashtag critical podcast. You can tweet at me personally. I'm at jimmygood013. Or you can just tweet our official account, which is at GoCritical. This week's hashtag is going to be hashtag... Uh, hashtag Hulkbuster. Hashtag Hulkbuster. Yeah, it's Hulk and Iron Man. I just love that Iron Man can basically play as the Hulk for a little bit. But if you made it to the end of the show, let just tweet that at me, even if you don't tweet anything else. I would just really appreciate it. Just tweet something at me. I want to I want to hear from you guys. So tweet hashtag Hulkbuster. And uh, just know that if you could do this for me, people listening right now, just share this with some friends. Someone who might like hearing some dude talk on and on about games or movies, or things of those nature, uh, pop culture things, theme parks. I would appreciate that. I'm always asking people to check out our Patreon, and our Spreadshirt, and our Instagram, and all that stuff. But if you could just share us around, that'd be great. Or if you're listening to this, because we have them on Spotify now, 
uh, or various other web services, please let me know. I want to know if you guys are listening to just the audio versions. That would mean a lot to me if you could leave reviews and you know share it with your friends that way. I know there's a bajillion podcasts out there. I know that everybody asks you to do this stuff, but I'm just asking to share it with like one friend. That'd be great. Or just send me a message. Shoot me a comment. You know, all that stuff. Give me a tweet. I don't care. I just want to know people are listening to this and that there's like, there's a small audience out here but I want to hear from you. I just want to know you're out there because I want this to be a dialogue. I don't want me to be just spouting off into the void like a crazy man. I am a bit crazy though. Um, and I'm also wearing like one of our shirts. I talked about it. A new Spreadshirt uh, shirt out there. It says Vibe Vampire. That's because that's what I am. I feast on good vibes. I'm excited to get my shirt. Uh, and if even if you don't want to purchase any of that stuff, if you just want to like, look at it and be like, dude, your Spreadshirt, it looks cool. Be like Even that, I'd be like, okay, cool. If you don't buy anything, I'd appreciate that. Uh, we have an Amazon affiliate link. I'm still not sure if it's working, but if you want to click it, it literally costs you nothing. But uh, yeah, um, just the free stuff, just sharing this around, liking it, all that free stuff. <laughs> It means a lot to me. Uh, but I, the thing that really means the most is like that you guys watch this, that you guys consistently watch these things. And uh, that that is so cool to me that people are, you're using your time and maybe multitasking. Maybe I'm on in the background when you're, you know, doing chores or playing a game or doing whatever else. And I, I hope, or doing work. But just know that I appreciate you guys. Critical Reviews would not continue without you guys and uh, i appreciate it and thank you to all of our patrons uh we have a one dollar tier a five dollar tier and a ten dollar tier i kind of reduced it down a while ago but everybody from five dollar and up gets their name here at the end uh to kind of show off that you're supporting us so for everyone who's been doing that thank you so much it means a lot to me and uh you just know that you guys are uh you guys are like family you know uh i appreciate you and i'm really looking forward to continuing the show man we've done like a lot of episodes, but I haven't missed a week. Uh, so I'm just gonna keep going, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> and if you have any suggestions or other groups you wanna see me team up with, uh, just tweet at both of us or just message me and be like, hey, I think it'd be cool if you ask this person on. Uh, we're still working on Phil Spencer. So one day maybe we'll get him on the show. <laughs> be like, Phil, talk to me. Um, tell me all of your, tell me what movies you like to watch, Phil. Uh, but either way, I appreciate you guys being here with me today, tonight, or whenever you're watching. Uh, and love and hugs to all of you. Big, big hugs. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. Bye-bye. Solo show! Oh my gosh, I talked for over an hour. Oi, oi, oi. Does anybody listen to that? That's, that's crazy.